Hey there, Tall Skulls. It's Nick. And Omen. And we are here as a little, this will be a little PSA here. Yeah. Everybody's freaking out about the whole coronavirus thing. That's right. Some of you might be self-isolating. Some of you might be quarantined. Some of you might have missed an important flight back. Social distancing is important. Please don't ignore it in times like this. I've been practicing it for years. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since high school. (laughs) Unintentional. But we want you to know, with all the cancellations that are happening around the world, there's one thing that you can rely on, and that's Talk Tall to Me. We will still be here every week for you to listen to. And a great way to pass the time, if you have a lot of extra time on your hands, is to listen to some Jethro Tull. That's right. And all your friends who are also quarantined or or self-isolating, who have nothing else to do, go ahead and tell them about Talk Tall to Me. There's a serious back catalog. (laughs) Talk to them about Talk Tall to Me. And then talk to me about having talked about Talk Tall to Me to them. It's about 60 episodes. If you listen to one a day, that's two months of quarantine. Everything will be fine in two months. (laughs) That's right. And if you wash your hands to the length of a Talk Tall to Me podcast. You will have no skin on your hands left. You'll, I mean, but yeah, no germs either. So there's that. (laughs) So um, enjoy this episode. And just know that we're thinking of you. Yes. Be safe. Ladies and gentlemen, throw on your stethoscope, practice your remote robotic surgery techniques, and probe the ancient mysteries of Avicenna of Persia. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Welcome back, folks, to yet another episode of Talk Tell to Me. I am Nick McGill. And I am Omen Say. We are feckless momes, and we are here to take the Hippocratic Oath and swear to you that we will cover every Jethro Tull song and do no harm in the process. We are here to write you a prescription to cure you of your dangerous Lack of prog rock in your blood. Take two aqualungs and call me in the morning. <laughs> one <laughs> one episode a week will keep you away from the the horrors of tall scurvy. That's right. Yeah, one episode a week every Tuesday. If you miss a day, it's okay, but you got to listen to it twice if you miss a day. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nick. Omen. We're back. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Welcome. Ha- Happy Tuesday, everyone. Little, Tuesday. Just a little housekeeping before we get into things, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Mary, if you... Thank you, Mary. You're... I like what you did with your hair, Mary. It's, I it's... left one of my shoes on the rooftop. It frames your face very well. We'll get you new shoes. Okay. Um. Why was she on the roof, woman? I, I, I never question anymore. I'm too afraid of her. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I, I've got two real quick notes, okay. and then we'll get we'll get into yours. First of all, I keep forgetting to mention this. Feckless Momes Audio Network now has a Facebook and an Instagram. 
at what? Feckless Moms. Yeah, find us there. If you are here now listening to us because of that, welcome. That's awesome. Continue to listen, please, and share with your friends, all your, your big, tall, nerd friends. Just for those of you who don't personally know Nick Miguel, I want you to recognize how big a deal it is that, <laughs> that Nick, that this has inspired Nick to go on to social media. It really, I mean, you know, and yeah. the end days must be here, truly. But we have gotten a lot of likes and a lot of, a lot of, I, I think we've gotten some substantial numbers of followers because of that. So Fabulous. I can't, I can't argue the connectivity that, a hashtag can bring welcome to the 21st century Nick. it's it's delightful my modem is is burning it's so it's overworking <laughs> working over overtime <laughs> the other thing that i like to talk about so this is most likely going to be the last reference to strong songs i think i think kirk hamilton has covered Everything that he could cover that I would want to talk about, except for if he actually covers a tall song. But I think this is pretty important because he put out an episode that was inspired by the unfortunate death of Neil Peart quite recently. And he covers Rush's Tom Sawyer, which oh, if, if you're listening to Tall, yeah, if you know Tall, you know how epically awesome that song is. The reason I, I suggest you really listen to the February 5th episode of Strong Songs, Tom Sawyer by Rush, is because he kind of gets into the, the the nitty-gritty of some tenets that really make up prog rock, and that is the time signature. Mm. How the music how they like to play with unusual time signatures. And as expected, there is a moment in this song where they switch over to like eight seven four or, or whatever i don't remember what it is but he also he plays it and he counts it out and he really shows you how to recognize that and it's really a fascinating listen so if you appreciate prog rock or rush or or a contemporary of tull even yeah it's a really decent listen and that's all i have that's fantastic nick yeah i know you have something too i do nick we have some Tweets. Tweets. Tweet away. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. See you in the morning. All right. AJ Kerrigan tweets. At Omen Say, great slipstream episode of hashtag talk to me. I dug the interview discussion too. You also brushed up against the theme of misheard tall lyrics. Fun stuff there. Mm. I used to hear the opening to Cheap Day Return as Unpleasant Ant Farm, do your soft shoe suffle dance. Thank you, AJ <laughs> Kerrigan. Yeah, in response to that, all of our tweeting tall skulls out there, please, we would love to hear your favorite misheard tall lyric. Absolutely. There must be lots of them. Yeah, I think... I think with the the way that Ian Anderson sings, the way that he speaks, his 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 verbosity and the complexity of his lyrics. Exactly. Yeah, I think they're they're all they all make for the perfect storm of a misheard lyric. And we are on a storm watch for misheard lyrics. Yeah, nice. So hashtag misheard tull. I think just. 
hashtag talk tell with me. Yeah, sure. Okay, fair enough. And tell us your favorite misheard tall lyric. Also from the Twitterverse, Mr. Alan Begg, double G, tweets, At Omen Said, we've been to see Martin Barr the last two nights in Kinross in Scotland, Ooh. about 20 miles from Dunfermline. By Dunfermline. Nice. An acoustic trio last night and the full electric four-piece parentheses Alan, Dan, Darby, and Lancelot tonight. Mostly 90% tall, ob, fantastic, of course, at the Backstage Green Hotel. And there are some fabulous pictures of my knight in shining armor himself rocking out in a very colorful shirt on a stage. So thank you so much, Alan Begg. We always love hearing about people going to live shows. We wish that we could go to more live shows of tall and tall adjacent performances. But anytime that you have the chance to, please go and support these performers who are miraculously somehow still alive. And please tweet us about it. Tweet us pictures. You can always tweet me at at omensade. That's O-M-E-N-S-A-D-E. Remember to hashtag talk talk to me. Yeah. And for those of you who may have missed it or may have forgotten, Dunfermline is where Ian Anderson was born. Oh, I thought that that was where Giants came from. Also that. I mean, same. It, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Giants of rock and roll. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that an insect just ran down my leg, but it was just a bit of paper. <laughs> so, Nick. I can't edit that out because that's that's too good. So, I think that concludes our, our amuse-bouches. The, our housekeeping, yeah. Shall we jump into the main course? Yeah. Let's dive in to the doctor's office to listen to Dr. Bogenbroom. And Nick, just a reminder, this is the very first time that I'm ever <gasps> hearing it with That's my right. own ears. That's right. You've heard it with my ears I've tons of times. I've heard it with your ears. But, <laughs> but the reception, it's, it's, not, it's not high fidelity. No, no, it's really bad. It's really bad. All right, let's have a listen. Oh my! Yeah, what do you think? That was a that is a spicy colonic of a song. <laughs> oh, I I really enjoy this song. My ear bowels are cleansed. Yeah, we put cayenne and lemon juice right up there. Certainly. It stings, but it stings so good. Goodness me, Nick. So, I mean, wow. Can I just give my first reaction? I, yeah, I would love it. I'd love to hear it. This is what I expect from a Jethro Tull song. Yeah, this is very Tullian. It snaps right out of the gate. Uh-huh. It's complex musically. The mm-hmm. lyrics are almost, almost completely opaque on first glance. <laughs> There's an amazing synergy between the electric and the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Wow. It's just it's just got it all, hasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I like it. Okay. All right. I think that's a good first impression. 
thoughts on uh let's go musically first like you said it's got that that really good synergy between the electric and acoustic it's really really nice and they fit they're they're just distinct enough that they play well with each other without being too jarring well and you know i mean pardon me while i for the first time rhapsodize about talent of of martin lancelot bar but oh i i think this is his first song with jethro tall isn't it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the first couple of seconds i couldn't identify what the sound was that yeah i was like is is that a harpsichord is it a piano is it the tongues of the very seraphim themselves but in fact it's none of those things <laughs> it is just martin Barr playing way up i think on the neck of his guitar it's gotta be right and just being a boss yeah. On the sixth string. Yeah, some fun like plucking almost. Some very, very, it's not strumming. It's like individual notes. It's really oh, nice. absolutely, yeah. And it just sounds so clear and clean that it it mm. it's it took me a second to identify what the instrument was, which, which is so fabulous. Yeah, especially because we're just, we are just coming off of Aqualung, which was a very grungy electric sound. Yeah, absolutely. This is a very clean electric. And then to contrast that with Ian's strumming, it's delightful. It's delightful. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. It is prog rock. It is prog rock. There is no flute in here, or am I wrong? No flute. No flute in here at all. No flute, no flute. No no low-hanging flute. But still, it it, it certainly doesn't need it. It's not not like a... I feel that it's lacking when I hear the song. Well, and it's good. It's good. I love this kind of song where, where we actually don't have the flute because it reminds us that the flute does not equal Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull is a, yes. is a, is a greater being than just flute with rock and roll. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a hook that a lot of people get caught on and mm-hmm. then reeled in. Yeah. But once they're, once they're in the boat, they realize that it's bigger than the flute. <laughs> the, f- the flute does not Jethro Tull make. That metaphor needs to go and see a doctor immediately. The, yeah, please. Please. Anything else musically? It's just, it's nice. It's a really nice kind of unique sound for Tull, I think. Yeah. It just, they, they synergize very well. And and it's just that, like you mentioned, that that opening part, that that really high bit, that's just so unique. We don't really hear that I've ever again. I've never heard anything like that before, in Tull or outside of Tull. Yeah, it's cool. I like it a lot. And nice to have the the bass and the drums kind of rejoining us after the past couple of episodes. Yeah, where, right. where they weren't featured, you know, really predominantly. Not that they're not that they're super forward on this track but they're they're more present i think yeah i think so too their, their presence is more felt. this is this is a full ensemble song Absolutely. i think everybody has their part in this and it's really nice to hear it yeah yeah so lyrics nick yeah who is dr Brogenbroom bloom bogenbroom bogenbroom well there's there's a theory out there that I, I found in my research okay. that a, a, a bogan is like an Irish, Scottish, 
it's boogie. It's the boogeyman kind of thing. It's like a it's a mischievous creature. Okay. And broom could be in the sense of like sweeping something away, even. So so going to a Dr. Bogan broom is not necessarily going to be healed, but going to get your fix. Mm. Yeah. To pass the super pill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which we can see in that lyric, to see the kindly doctor to pass the super pill. I'm going down to revisit Dr. Bogan Broom. To see the kindly doctor pass the super kill. When I'm going down to revisit the doctor. Wow. That really cracks this open for me. I mean, if that is a correct interpretation, uh-huh. let's assume we're on the right track with this. Mm-hmm. That really contextualizes all the other lyrics. I have one foot in the graveyard and the other on the bus. Mm-hmm. If you are if you are a drug addict, you and you and you need your fix, you feel half dead. Yeah. But you're also going somewhere. Yeah. And this 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 song is it's about mortality and it's about getting from point A, which is right now, to point B, which is death. And how you do that is up to you. But living in this this awful world that the narrator is painting us really, really makes you want to medicate to get through it. Well, and and everyone medicates differently, right? I mean, sure. you know, there are, let's expand our view a little bit. This, you know, this could certainly be, be talking about a literal drug, a literal narcotic of some kind, or more broadly, it could we could be talking about the ways in which all of us get our fixes mm-hmm. in this society, whether it's through retail therapy or, or sex sure. or violence you know or prescription drugs oh absolutely yeah or food or you know abusing any abusing anything you know for to get that kind of feeling of being sated Mm -hmm. is you know there's so many indulge there's so many ways to indulge in in our in our fast-paced capitalist society that that we could be talking about any number of them. Sure. In this in this context. Yeah. I also saw a theory that this was a a commentary on city life in particular, which I, I guess I could kind of see. Sure. Just the way that people act and treat one another and treat themselves when living in a city as opposed to a more pastoral sense. Right stuff is is more cutthroat and fast-paced and selfish right and you know it could be that the city is is standing in in a representative way for society itself you know the the city is sort of symbolic of of our modern culture yeah and also we know i think from previous songs that I, i i feel confident in saying that that thematically at least in the songs, the the role of the city when Ian Anderson writes songs 
is usually not a super positive role. Yeah, it's generally not to praise. If he's bringing it up, it's for it's for a a commentary reason. Yeah, it's about it's a it, it has to do with capitalism or or the fast pacedness mm. or or stress or necessity because of the business that he's in. Yeah. It's not like, yay, I love the city. Let's go party. Yeah. Yeah. It may not be outright saying, like, let's burn them down, but it is saying, this is slowly killing us all. Right. And the passengers do trample each other in the rush. Yeah. There is no... It turns us into monsters. It turns us into the Bogan, maybe. I don't know. You know? Hmm. Or in... It makes it necessary to go and find some way to take the edge off this suffering. Yeah, to, it, it makes you need to get away. And since you can't, since you don't have a vacation house out in in Blackpool, let's say, you you gotta you gotta cope somehow. Yeah, and yeah. enter Doctor Bogenbroom. Sure, whom you will revisit. Yeah, that's really interesting. That it's mm-hmm. revisit and not visit. Yeah. Even from the first to the second verse, it's not visit and revisit. Like no. right from the start, yeah. this is this this man, this narrator knows Dr. Bogenbroom. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. So I feel like I feel like that's that I feel like that has us pretty solid with the first verse. I mean, one thing I do want to pull out is a a phrase that I find fascinating, and the chicken hearted lawman. I, I just think that that's quite it feels like more than just a dig at authority it feels mm. like a really good juxtaposition of you know a lawman should be brave and strong and upholding of virtues so a chicken hearted sure. lawman is sort of like it reminds it's like the worm in the bud you know the the yeah the the corrupt superstructure it's sort of a, a a reversal almost right and it's and be, because of that that antithesis yes. he he himself the lawman in question needs to medicate and go yeah, see absolutely. the kindly doctor the kindly you know to doctor. cope with his situation absolutely because he is a human with a heart the size of a chicken <laughs> i think that's i think that's the takeaway very small Oh, wait, a chicken's heart or his heart is actually the size of a chicken? Because that would be terrifying. (laughs) That would be be a problem of a a different scope. Yep. Yep. That's what I thought you were getting at. (laughs) Let's let's talk about the second verse. Okay. Well, I've tried my best to love you all. Well, I've tried my best to love you all. All you hypocrites and So one thing I saw was the, the somebody positing the idea that, you know, in the context of the 1960s and 70s, there was all this talk and it was very fashionable to talk about like, you know, universal love and, mm. and you know, there, there was a lot of influence in the West from Eastern traditions and religions and practices uh, that had that have to do with, you know, seeing humanity as a, as a whole. And so it could be that the narrator is saying, I've tried that, 
<laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I've tried to look kindly on humanity, but they are awful. Yeah. And I can't stand them anymore. L- love thy neighbor, treat your treat them as you would want to be treated, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, except for when you live in a sardine can stacked on top of one another. And so all you can see around you, you can only see the people around you as hypocrites and whores. Yeah. It's like living in the same apartment with someone, but you're just a little more separated. But I mean, if you're living with these people in such close proximity, you see them over and over and you just you begin to see see the hypocrisies. You begin to see the negatives. It's a lot easier to see the negatives than the positives. Mm hmm. So I live in New York, a verified city. And can, can confirm, yeah. Can confirm. One of the ways in which I cope with the lifestyle and just being, you know, very close to lots of people all the time, especially like getting to work and walking down the street, is my fiance got me these amazing noise canceling headphones for, for Christmas. Mm. So yeah. because and it and it, it really helps me because what I find is that when I'm on the subway or walking down the street, whenever I overhear people's conversations, I get like sucked into them and I'm like, well, that sounds stupid or why would you think that? Or, oh, you must have some horrible messed up relationship. And I start to cast them as these, as these characters. Yeah. In a way that, that really resonates with me when I hear this song. It's just such a human thing to do though. Right. Right. We can't help but draw a narrative. Yeah. And I think that it's, maybe more instinctual to draw a negative narrative or to look for the conflict in things. So for me, one of my, one of my prescriptions from Dr. Bogenbroom is to literally cancel out, out the noise of other people so I can't hear them. That sure. Brings me a, a sense of peace. Prevent it from happening in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the best, the best precaution is prevention. The best defense is a good offense. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite line from this song is just a couple down. Well, you drowned me in the fountain of life, and I hated you for living while I was dying. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I think it's more of the same, to be honest. Like, everybody's living their life in the city, and it's killing the narrator to be there. Right. And from all that he can see, it's a lot like Facebook. You know, you can see, you see all the good stuff. Nobody posts the bad stuff. Mm. No one wants wants you to know the crummy stuff. So, so in, in these two second snippets of these person's lives, these people's lives, you, you, you get a sense that they are alive and they're living and they're experiencing things while you have yourself for 24 hours to just wallow. Right. Or it's just the volume of it. You know, you, you encounter, gosh, I mean, living in London or living in in New York, I think it's quite similar. Just the number of people that you pass yeah. On a daily basis, the number of human beings that you physically see or hear on a daily basis is in the thousands. Yeah, it's crazy. 
And if you are antisocial <laughs> or or sensitive, introverted doesn't have to be antisocial per se, but no, but you but but if you have any, I I I'm I'm a sensitive person. Like I I yeah. I, I am I am other people's energy affects me more so than maybe it does other people. Sure. And I think that maybe one of the reasons that I like Jethro Tull so much is that, and maybe this is just totally projecting, but I don't think so, <laughs> that Ian Anderson, you know, has maybe a touch of something similar, whether it's, whether sure. it's, call it what you will, social anxiety or, or, or hermit behavior or whatever. Yeah. There's something that I resonate with that about. And, and just that, that wave of humanity that invades your, your experience of life every, every day can really be a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it is, it's taxing on the body. And there are some people who thrive in that, that spot, you know, from, from day one, but there are others who will never get used to it. Or to, yes. And therefore to cope with it, have to go see Dr. Bodenbroom. Right, right. Their their medication of choice, be it, albeit noise canceling headphones or whatever it is that Doctor Brogenbroom has to offer. Heroin, heroin could be heroin. Sex, sex for heroin. <laughs> heroin for sex. You know, in in <laughs> that's the great thing about capitalism. It's it's all it's all of it. Everything's for sale. <laughs> Everything's for sale. Yikes. Yeah. Except this podcast. Which is free. That's right. It is free. It is free. If you want to sponsor Talk Tell to me, let me know. That'd be we great. We will gladly accept your heroin. I will sell out for <laughs> for heroin. No. Mm. But I think that is a good assessment of Dr. Bogenbroom is needing to needing to medicate in your own way. Using your own vice to cope. Yeah. And, and you know the other thing it's like it's not there's something fascinating that it's it's not Mr. Bogenbroom in the alley it's Dr. Yeah. Bogenbroom it's it's that this is such a part of our lives this is this 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 need is so well established that there mm -hmm. is an entire that someone who can supply that is actually a respected figure yeah there there is a market for it yeah. Oh yeah, and it's and and maybe Dr. Brogenbroom is behind the scenes causing more of this chaos, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot like Tony Stark, you know. He benefits from the war cuz he gets to he they they pay his company to rebuild. Wow. Yeah. Nerd level 10. You're welcome. I <laughs> I was thinking of the opioid crisis here in the states that Oh, well that too, sure. There's plenty of evidence to show that the drug companies are, you know, not not only not dissuading people from getting on opioids, but trying to find every way that they possibly can to get people addicted. Big pharma, yeah. Yeah. Big pharma on the freeway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to you want to say about Dr. Bogenbroom? I do have a question for you. Sure. If this song, Nick, were an outfit, a complete outfit, mind you. Oh. What outfit would it be? 
it would be a hoodie that you could pull up and pull down over your eyes. Okay. And a very comfortable pair of jeans and well-worn pair of sneakers. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of lycra in those jeans. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's some there's some bag there. And it's anything to make you feel as comfortable as possible as you get from one point to the next while avoiding everyone's eyes and hopefully not stepping in a puddle of some unknown liquid. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I think that alone, you can tell how I feel about cities. I don't know if this is going to confirm your beliefs about cities, Nick, but I I was on a train yesterday, and I got off the train along with a number of other passengers. This is about 11.30 a.m., and one of the gentlemen got off the train, walked calmly over to one of the pillars, and whipped it out and took a big took a big whiz right in the middle of the platform. Yeah, that that yep, that seals it for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm moving there cuz I always have to pee, so <laughs> if you can just pee anywhere in the street in the city, like what better place to live, right? <laughs> you would love Paris. No, that's why that's why I want to live in the woods. Go out to any tree. Oh. Yeah. The pillar is the tree of the city, Omen. Oh my gosh! <laughs> my mind is blown! <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Nick, do we have anything else to say about this song? No, I, th- I think that's good on, on my part. I, I feel like we, we covered it pretty good. I agree. I think you did a great job. Oh, well, thank you, Omen. Did you, do you like Dr. Bogenbrum? Do you like that song? Yeah, I can't wait to listen yeah. to it again, genuinely. Oh, good. Good. Let's let's listen to it again and then do another half an hour okay. based on your second listen. Okay, that's that sounds great. While we are doing that, I have a prescription for all of you. Oh. And that's to rate us and review us. Five, five, take five, give me five stars and I'll call you in the morning. Nick, I just had a, a thought, which, which is a little bit like existential and perhaps horrifying. I look forward to it. Are we, is our, is Talk Tall to Me perhaps the super pill that some of our listeners use to cope with their day in today's horrifyingly fast paced society? Oh man, I, I can't tell you how flattered I would be if that were the case. <laughs> <laughs> if we are their vice yeah wow first of all listen there's some other great vices out there yeah i mean we there's so much more to offer than than listening to talk tall to me <laughs> I, i'm not saying stop listening to talk tall to me no but um, but maybe branch out <laughs> yeah well until next week i <laughs> i am nick mcgill i'm omen Sade. We are feckless momes. And the prognosis is talk talk to me.
Hey, kid. Hey, kid, over here. Oh, oh, hello, mister. Is the is the city kind of getting you down? Are you feeling kind of rough? Feeling depressed? I feel like I could jump off of a bridge any moment. Well, rather than do that, how about you uh, take a little bit of this? Let me try it. Oh, yeah, that makes me feel a lot better. Do you, do you know what you just took? What What is it? It's talk told to me. <gasps> On the Feckless Moms Audio Network? The first hit's free, kid. You gotta come back every Tuesday if you want more. But what if I... No, 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 it's worn off already. That's right. Every Tuesday.